Disgust, I understood, is one of the tools humans have evolved to navigate the omnivore's dilemma. The elemental question of what we should and should not eat. Welcome to episode 13 of Sandwich Wingman. I'm Ryan Morrison. With me as always, Robert Hanna. Rob, how are you? I am excellent. Uh, very excited to uh, go through uh, that reading, uh, Michael Pollan. Uh, I'm a fan of, of that particular quote, The Omnivore's Dilemma. Yeah. Have you, uh, Have you? Uh, we haven't talked about this, have you tried that book? Never. No, I have not. Have you? I have. It was a long time ago, but I have. It was very interesting. Well, I look forward to uh, perhaps bringing some of that in later on. Okay. Yeah, my favorite part was the ever ever normal granary. Learning about that. <laughs> I, I look for, I, I look forward to learning about that. <laughs> well, well, in addition to apparently quite a few Michael Pollan things, um, this was Chicken Nugget Week, and an exciting one at that. Yeah. So, um, Rob, why don't you just dive right in? Well, it was a great week, um, and I ended up making a chicken nugget po' boy. I'm sorry, a what? A chicken nugget po' boy. Oh. A chicken nugget? Yeah, chicken nugget. Chicken? <laughs> it was a, ch- a chicken nugget po' boy on French bread um, with sliced tomatoes, sliced jalapeno, and uh, spinach, of course, because it's Rob. And uh, with a red pepper hummus spread. Oh man! Did you? Did that sounds great? It is. It was excellent. Uh, I look forward to saying more about it. But yeah, but essentially, you know, I, the chicken nuggets are already kind of pre-made and salted. Uh, and I did some slicing and some spreading. But it was it was a delightful sandwich. So overall, it did quite well. Uh, what did you make this week? So, um, also chicken nuggets, right? But I used more of like a popcorn chicken. Good idea. Okay. And I used a sandwich, uh, just like a sandwich roll, like a sesame roll. Okay. Like you'd use for a hamburger. Got it. Uh, the reason I had uh, the same reaction, I also did a a, a red pepper-ish thing. Oh, okay. I, uh, I used a red pepper jelly. Oh, red pepper jelly. So it it was sweet. It was. And a, a dash of Tabasco sauce as well, but that's it. Wow! Just those, just those things: red pepper jelly, popcorn chicken, a little bit of Tabasco. That was it. Ready to go. <laughs> I look forward to hearing how that all worked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, well, maybe I'll jump into mine. Yeah, um, yeah. just to go for it. Um, so I got a pretty good. Actually, got got a very good overall score, so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, a very easy to prepare sandwich, given that chicken nuggets uh, can come out of the freezer aisle of, of uh, a supermarket, um, and you know some chopping and stuff, but relatively good. So I got a four out of five for ease of assembly. Um, the, I'm not sure if breaded chicken's that healthy, um, but the other ingredients were kind of healthy, as uh, as usual. My spinach ingredients, so that got a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, this actually tasted quite good among my better tasting sandwiches. Uh, maybe on a different day, I would have rated it higher, but this week got an eight. The uh, I put way too much heat in with the jalapeno. I think that's kind of what dinged it. So I, I only put a few slices mm-hmm. of a little small spice of jalapeno, but that was enough to have the heat 
overpower the flavor uh, a lot. And, and the hummus itself actually didn't have any cooling action. I'm not sure if it should have, but I kind of expected it maybe to have some sort of counterbalancing effect. Or the tomato. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Um, the uh, the uh, this sandwich had great integrity. Five out of five. Um, the... I thought the hummus was a pretty good idea to add to a, a po'boy type sandwich. I'm not sure if that's a common thing. Um, and certainly the jalapeno heat was a good idea, I thought, to make the jalo- make the, uh, the po'boy a little bit uh, spicier, as it were. So um, that's a four out of five. Um, and this was just a satisfying sandwich beginning to end with some crunchy bread. I mean, the, the French bread was very, very fresh, it seemed. So five out of five for, for that, which makes us one of my highest rated sandwiches at 29. Wow. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well, thank you. Um, and what about you? I'd like to hear about your uh, your design as well. Yeah, I don't know what to call it either. Um, certainly not a po'boy. Uh, but uh, it was, it was uh, I, I think this, this sandwich's claim to fame was just how easy it was to prepare. Good. Uh, so the popcorn chicken, basically just pop that in the microwave. Yep. Takes about a minute. For you know, just uh, six, seven, eight pieces there. Mm-hmm. Spoon a little red pepper jelly on there. Basically, just just place the popcorn chicken. And it sticks right in place. That's right. A little, little Tabasco splash, and enjoy. That's how. That's so. Uh, the ease of assembly. That's uh, <laughs> that was uh, its claim to fame. So uh, a five there. That was its claim to fame. Nice. <laughs> yes. Um, Nutrition-wise, it was probably one of the more horrible things I've ever eaten. Oh. Um, but but not exactly horrible. It was, after all, red pepper jelly. So I'm going I'm going with a two there. Taste was an eight. Oh, good. It was a symphony of flavor. Symphony. Yeah. It was it was like it was like a mouthful of ketchup. Just just satisfying. Did did the breaded and, uh, did the uh... The chicken pieces have any spice to them or anything or seasoning? No. Oh, I, mean, I guess they tasted maybe a little salty. Yeah, but which was, yeah. ended up being important. Sure. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, excellent. Um, you know, I got got hands got a little sticky, but basically the whole the whole thing was kind of perfectly distributed. You know what I mean? Like every bite had the same components, and. Uh, but that red pepper jelly, the popcorn, chicken, really just kind of stuck into place there. Mm. So I ended up going with a with a four on integrity. Conversation piece I thought was fairly high, so I went four. And experience-wise, man, uh, I mean, I keep finding this over and over again. I think you do, too. Uh, like a hot element really goes a long way. I agree, but it sounds like your hot element was a little bit more tempered than mine. That's right. Well, actually, I meant I meant temperature-wise. Ah, yes, yes. But yes, also the the uh, the you know Tabasco type of heat, whatever I should have called that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went uh, four on uh, experience. It was nice. It was a nice little thing, and uh, twenty-seven overall. Do you, Do you think you would make this one again? I think I would. Yeah, I don't really know what else to use the rest of my red pepper jelly for anyway. <laughs> So, it's interesting. It should keep for a while. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say red pepper jelly. I'm not sure whether I've ever used anything like that before. Um, but it's nice to know that we both thought about using red pepper as an addition, huh? Like red yeah, pepper. That's, yeah. 
That was weird. Yeah, I wonder if we should unpack that just briefly. Um, I I think for me, I was looking for some sort of spread. I think we had found that Hamas was a very good spread for us. Um, and because I, I I you know I don't like using things like mayo and stuff. But maybe I wanted just a different type of hummus. I'm not sure whether I thought a lot about the red pepper aspect of it, but I had a feeling it would taste good because I just like red pepper hummus. Um, but I, I, I assume it balanced well with it because I don't, I didn't notice it enough to to think that it, it clashed. So this might be what we were talking about last week as well, right? Where like the sometimes the not tasting of it, it might be okay because maybe it's adding to overall experience and not detracting from it because you're not actually picking out the individual elements. Um, right. So, right. so maybe, so maybe it still was a good addition. If I had taken it away, it would have either missed, you know, been missing some sort of, um, you know, moistness or something. Uh, I don't know. So, um, that was good. Yeah, because when I think po boy, I'm definitely thinking, uh, you know, mayonnaise. Exactly right. So I had to like do a, a remoulade or something. Oh yes, well said. A remoulade, perhaps. Remoulade? Maybe I don't know. Um, it's not. It's not pronounced like a like it would be like a lemonade. Or a, or a limeade, a remoulade. A remoulade. Uh, just drink it. I you one could. Uh, um, though it'd be like I assume it would be like drinking ketchup. Yeah, ketchup or red pepper jelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend drinking red pepper jelly. That's more. I mean, it is more of a gelatin. Yeah. So maybe, what is the, isn't there like a science term for the, for what that that like intermediate solid liquid uh, thing? There probably is. <laughs> if, if, okay. if only we had access to the internet to figure this out. I don't know. The uh, um, I know what you mean. I I want to say suspension, but that's not the case. Suspension is not that. Um, so mm. I uh, I'm going to uh, uh, you know uh, tell you I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there probably is. Yeah, I, 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 leave it there. I just call it Jello. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, so yes, yeah, so the the chicken nugget week, uh, a, a uh, chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets. We uh, we decided to do this uh, a little bit on a lark, but also because we thought it might be fun, and I would say it would end up being very tasty for us. So I, I'm actually yeah. very glad we did it. So. I mean, it's a it's a thing that you can prepare in the microwave. Yes, this is a perfect uh, perfect uh, you know something to have in your portfolio. There, I totally agree. And I end up I should say that I end up cooking. They they were they, they were pre cooked in the oven. I'm sorry, they were pre cooked, but I reheated them in the oven, which I don't know if I made it better because I you know did it for several minutes. I think I think most chicken nuggets are pre cooked. Yeah, yeah. I, I will tell you if I were to do it again next time, I meant to also add. Honey, I really wanted to get that flavor of like um, you know when you're growing up and you have a chicken nugget and you dip it into honey sauce. Oh, like a well, I guess you're you're kind of anti mustard, huh? Yes, exactly right. So, so you would you would just uh, somehow maneuver your your nugget around the mustard molecules in your honey mustard sauce. Oh, well said. I had not thought that, but you're right. I don't know if that's possible. The uh, I uh, well, if if it is, I think we should let uh, DARPA know or someone who's work who should be working on something like that um, to, to to be able to have us uh, in our own mouths uh, dissemble. 
Um, mm. Or disassemble? Well, dis- yeah, disassemble. D- dissemble would be if we were tricking the molecules. That's right, that's right. But you might be. Um, we, it's true. We might be... We might be we're either disassembling the molecules or dissembling our taste buds. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, you know, getting the umami out of life. Yeah. Either way, something got dissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Well, well, we we will ask that question when we also ask the the, the liquid solid question. Yes. Um, out there. So. Uh, so we did do chicken this week, but we also decided to do a reading that was about pigs. Um, well, we keep coming back to the pigs. I know. Well, I, know to say. I have a, I kind of have a pig thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a pig proclivity. I think it was just that first story it was so gripping. Oh the yes, of, yes. Uh, you know, in in China. Yes. Of, uh, the boy burning his hands on the burnt pig yes. and enjoying it so much. Yeah, because because since then I've really really craved a um, a pig on a spit. Like 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 pretty, Dan, yeah yeah. Damn you, Charles Lamb. Yeah, pretty much since then I've been like, don't don't just want to go outside get a spit, you know, get get the whole pig and then take the pig off the spit, you know, just like actually eat eat right off the, the spit. Um, you know that's it's actually funny I think. About since we did that, yep, uh, with Charles Lamb, I've been kind of obsessed with this baseball player named Jake Lamb. <laughs> yes, and, but we both took something away from that. We've been, but it's been impossible to get that out of our heads. It really has been. I, was that like episode three? It could have been. I mean, it was a long time ago, probably like several years ago. We were talking about it. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, our, uh... our our long and illustrious uh, past. Uh... Right. Of uh, the wingman episodes. In fact, we're we're uh, we, we used to be wing wing. I can't say it, but now we're but now we're wingmen. Wing wing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's been a pleasure to be your your sandwich wingman. Wingman. We were we we were wing ringing last uh, when we last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so yes. So pigs. So pigs. This week's reading was from Michael Pollan. It was an article in the New York Times Magazine from several years ago. I think it was actually back from, looks like, 2006. Um, and your quote was from uh, a section he was describing the disgust he felt after um, – some time after he had killed the pig. So, the, you know, the, the story – you don't have to go through the whole storyline, but effectively, like, he, he wants to – he's kind of feels compelled to – uh, experience the whole process from the killing of an animal to when they get onto your plate after having been cooked. So he gets out there, you know, prepares to be able to shoot, uh, I think, a rifle or something. And um, after he ends up uh, on the second try killing uh, the pig or sorry, the wild boar, um, he ends up, you know, sometime later actually feeling some, um, well, two things. One is when he sees the animal actually getting dressed, uh, you know, with the, the you know, cut open stuff. Yeah, cut, taking out the viscera. Exactly. Then he feels disgust. Even though in the original moment he kind of felt pride, and even later on when he looks at himself standing behind this bleeding animal, he just he still feels this kind of disgust, right? It's like unbelievable um, to him, and he's trying to understand these different types of emotions, and, and, and some of them are contradictory to what he'd expected to experience. Um, so, so there's a whole uh, woods to table thing. Exactly. I was trying to figure out what the yes. So it's, it's not quite farm to table. It's like woods to table. Um, right. Well, it was very circuitous. Yes. 
the two there's a lot of there's a lot packed into the two yeah so when you um when you were trying to understand this whole disgust thing yes was there was there something you were thinking about like how did you how did you access that did you just kind of let that soak in and take his word for it or or were you kind of like actively trying to recall an experience that might have allowed you to i don't know appreciate what he was saying there no i, I yeah i hear you on that um I, I think i was more trying to think about his um hypothesis about disgust you know kind of pulling from what's like evolutionary psychologists and stuff like why do we feel that i think i was more processing rather than thinking back to a specific moment in my life i was thinking about whether or not his assessment or like the scientific assessment of disgust being kind of our kind of a signal to us that that something is I don't know, for lack of a term, I summarize it kind of unclean, right? So, like, we have disgust from things because it's like a, you want to have this kind of um, literally a visceral gut response um, quickly to something that you don't want to eat or don't want to be near because it might make you sick. So I, I thought that was a fascinating thing, right? The same thing, you, could, you know, I, I'm thinking right now, like, the analogy to, to nausea, right? And I, I can't quite kind of put all the pieces together, but, like, Nausea is, a, is obviously a very common experience, and we experience that. Especially for listeners of this podcast. <laughs> well, I hope not. I mean, I, I hope that uh, I, I hope that this is a, a soothing lunch hour. Um, <laughs> but um, but but if you are experiencing nausea now, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. since neither neither of us are doctors, you should find a you should find a different podcast. <laughs> uh, the but but I, I don't but. I, I know, I'm not quite sure why we have nausea because it's a very – some people actually claim they actually um, experience more discomfort from nausea than they do from pain. You know, like you know, one-to-one, people would prefer yeah. pain over nausea. Uh, and I can't quite pinpoint why, why, why nausea is a response, but uh, it definitely has something to do with, um, you know, toxic – literally toxic things in our system. Um, but yeah, all back to that. Like I didn't think back to the moment. Now – do you, does, does this kind of description or like the, the, does this notion of uh, feeling disgust at the opening of an animal in front of you, does that, does that also resonate with you? Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I think probably the, the experience in my life that's uh, most analogous to that yeah, yeah. Um, actually is not that long ago, so mm-hmm. it's still kind of fresh in my mind. Okay. It's from our uh, uh, chocolate week. When I uh, <laughs> tried that Parmesan and dark chocolate thing, it was actually kind of makes me sad just to think about it. Well, we don't we don't we don't have to talk about it. That's it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't actually finish that, right? And that really goes to the point. It does. You know? Yep. Right. It was it was it disgusted me, and that emotion. As as uh, Mr. Poland says here, that right. emotion alerts us to things that we should not ingest. Exactly right. There you go. Right there it is. So it doesn't include you know a chocolate Parmesan hybrid in his list there, but well, that that that, that could be so so repulsive that he uh, he could yeah. he couldn't even write the words. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I bet it is. I bet, I bet I bet we've really pushed the envelope with, with disgusting things here on the podcast. Well, we only got there once, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, although, although, yeah, the the peas 
Well, that wasn't disgusting. It was just, I mean, I actually kind of like peas. It just tasted like peas. Yeah. Peas, pea sandwich. Yeah. Peas sandwich. So, so what, um, what, what, what about the, the aspect of like hunting for your own meal? Do, do you think that there's something to be learned from that? Should we all experience that? Should we all search and like at one point in our lives kill something that we eat? Like, is, do you think that we're really disconnected from that? I think that we are really disconnected from that. Yeah. I don't think it seems real, right? Right. Uh, are you... I mean, this is kind of like a red pill, blue pill situation, right? Exactly right. Would you Would you like to not know? Like, for instance, uh, we have not done hot dogs yet. Yeah. But there may be a time when we do hot dogs... And for that reason, I would like to learn as little as possible about hot dogs. Ah. Right? Because I think if I learn more about hot dogs, I probably just wouldn't be able to do it on this podcast. Or ever. <laughs> well, I mean, it might be true for, like, sausage broadly, right? Or, like, meat, meat, processed meat. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, so I, yeah. I, I kind of appreciate, I mean, it's, we practice this all the time, right? It's like, uh, watching TV, going to a play. It's a, like a group suspension of disbelief. I, I know it's real, but it doesn't feel real. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Right, 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 right. I mean, and sometimes we're actually, we're kind of, we grew up that way, right? I mean, we grew up in a generation where we didn't have to be, right. be connected to, in fact, in fact, literally, the geography of where our food has come from was very far away from the geography in which we grew up. Right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're. That's a that's a great point. I think you're exactly right. We spent years and years and years growing up where the meat was a real thing, right? And and the animals weren't. Yeah. Yeah. W- 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 whereas we could reasonably assume that some produce came from our state. Right, I mean, like there are places that produce comes yeah. from, right? So. And I think, I think, uh, at least for us, like we've seen plants growing more than we've seen like farm animals. That's right. Getting, you know, I don't know how many farm animals have I seen up close. I don't know. You, know, you, you certainly you, haven't want, uh, hunted any boar, which I guess is the the point. But you've never hunted either, right? Have you Have you ever hunted? I've never hunted. Uh, no, I've. No, I've like foraged in kitchens and stuff, but I've not I've not hunted for for animals. You, you, Have you? <laughs> I'm just still laughing about the fact that you said you foraged in kitchens. You 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 yeah. you, you were a hunter gatherer in a kitchen. Yeah, or a gatherer. Right. You were like, a gatherer. I feel like I can I feel like I can uh, you know empathize with the with the the process. Uh, you know, sometimes you're in somebody else's kitchen and you got to forage. Like that's really just the luck of the draw right you can end up with anything that's true or nothing that's right that's right just just like any forager or hunter right i mean i mean obviously one of the advantages of being in a place of plenty like the united states at least at least um at some time historically a land of plenty right um is that we don't have to worry about that moment of there being food that's not available right like the whole notion of food security is 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 something that we haven't experienced in in the areas if we we've grown up um, right. 
so like one trade off of this kind of economy that we have now where like we kind of overproduce food and that there are like farms that that just exist to uh, essentially, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, what's called breed, like a whole bunch of different chickens, for example, or something, right? And they just, it, it, it's practically just a factory of just producing an organism just to be killed. Yeah. I, um, so honestly, I spent a lot of time thinking about chicken nuggets. Yes. Maybe you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I keep thinking of, um, I really like Margaret Atwood. Yes. You read Margaret Atwood? Yes. Um, and uh, one of her more recent novels, Orcs and Crakey. Hmm. It's kind of a um, po- post-apocalyptic future situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the, the narrator is like thinking back to his life before everything went sideways... One of the aspects of his world, it's described in this book, right? Uh, it's a, a source of meat. Uh, I believe they're called uh, chicky knobs. And uh, if I recall the description correctly, it's kind of like um, like a spider plant. Okay. You know, a spider plant. No. Like, with like the. No. No, I don't. I'm not familiar with that. So a spider plant, um, you know, like the stem will grow off sideways and basically like plant a new plant got it okay and if you if you hang them it will start you know there'll be like multiple plants hanging off okay and they these these chicky knobs were like that i mean it was chicken like chicken meat but they weren't really chickens Mm -hmm. and they like it they they were basically just like blobs of meat and part of the part of the uh i don't know genetic whatever was that it would, they'd have like offshoots and then start growing more chicken knobs. <laughs> and this is how they ate chicken, basically. It, oh, so it was, chicken was like a replicating plant. Or a, 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 a plant that reproduced itself or something, whatever, right? So, yeah. Right. Wow. How does that, that make you feel? Um, well, I mean, on, on the one hand, for someone who wants, you know, the world to be a place of plenty, I think that I would like that notion of the fact that we could just keep producing food like that. You know, the food the food could just rep- – sorry, high-protein food like that, I guess, could replicate itself. That's very encouraging. Um, I'm not disgusted by it. Are you disgusted by it? I think we probably would be if we saw it. I see. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty weird, man. It is a little weird. That's a, it might, might be too much. So, uh, like uh, – it would be interesting, though, you know, in light of uh, Mr. Poland's experience here. Mm-hmm. Would would that disgust us in some way, and, or would it not? And why would it disgust us is the question, right? Yeah. So, like, if you, uh, if you Rob, if you had to slaughter your own chickens every time that you wanted a chicken, mm-hmm. which would be better for you to do that? Or to just have cheeky knobs? Probably the knobs. Yeah, I don't know. You, it's like one... Mm-hmm. One is... It's... it's The cheeky knobs thing is kind of disturbing. Yeah. And then, you know, the actual... 
killing. It sounds like I haven't done it, but actual killing is kind of it could be disgusting. Yeah. So you you got to pick between disturbing and disgusting. Right. Which is um, it's what I tell people when I meet them all the time. But <laughs> um, well, I can see. That's uh, I, I I didn't know that. I think I've learned something about you. I, I didn't realize that 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 was part of your shtick. Yeah, no, it's just been so long since we met. You just forgot, I think. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that was part of your greeting. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I will say that another thing I think that we, you and I have talked about that Poland touches on is this notion of um, time and focus and our experience of it. You know, so, for example, like right at the beginning of it, he's kind of talking about um, how he felt this. And, and at what, what the end, his companion called like Hunter's Eye. Right, where like suddenly you kind of see everything very clearly, and it's and presumably it's like some sort of uh, kind of deep seated survival, not mechanism, but like survival feature that we have in ourselves, right? It's adrenaline. Yeah, exactly right. It's amazing that we have that kind of neurological response where, in some sense, like our focus gets better, and I assume also like time kind of slows down. Yeah, because like it's 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 of necessity that it does, right? So like. Our brain allows us to experience time differently in moments where we need to experience time differently in order to survive. Yeah, that's pretty useful, I would say. Yeah. And like, so why don't we why don't we have that all the time? That, the, right, the question, right? That's what I was thinking too. Um, Is it too much of a stress? Yeah, I, I, I wonder if it's like a um, like an information overload issue, right? So like. We we yeah, what's the word? You and I have talked about this before about about uh, visual perception. Like we don't we don't actually see everything in front of us. Like we don't like take in every element in the same way, right? Like our brain only takes certain of the key features in. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. So maybe like it's just a, a matter of like um, like literally mental energy. Like you know, like just like like we could do it. In, in like moments of high adrenaline, but at some point, like if you just can't live your your whole life at like that that you know amped up, like I think your body, if I recall correctly, I think your body actually might shut down with with too much adrenaline, right? Like you just like it's it's an overload. So I wonder, I wonder if it's, um, so so I guess why what I wonder is whether or not is it the adrenaline itself that would be that would be harmful to you? Like the adrenaline, you know triggers the type of response that you need to survive but is it the adrenaline like the overdose of that like your system then is like filled with with that at a toxic level or is it that um the reason why you have that toxic response is that your our brains have not evolved in such a way that they can take in that amount of information um constantly Hmm. Hmm. like you know we're you know what was the logic that kind of evolved this um, particular feature of our brains, right? Um, maybe it's all, maybe it's just a heart thing. Ah, uh, because okay. yep. So maybe it is like a physiological thing, right? So like you, you you can't actually keep your heart racing that for that long at that high a rate without you know yeah. expiring. Some kind of yeah. Um, hmm. But it is interesting. Think about that kind of these these neurochemical kind of reductions of experience right so like you know you know you know you and i kind of you know go towards the word adrenaline kind of rather immediately you you kind of want to think back to days where like we didn't have those words kind of at the tip of our tongue not just us but i mean like as as a as a a human um 
society and how yeah. like you know how we used to understand emotional responses and how now we can we, we can reduce so many of them to some sort of like chemical imbalance or chemical reaction or uh, or a, a chemical um, overload right so like your brain is filled with you know as Poland was talking about like cannabinoids right stuff like that um, it, it really just kind of changes your notion I, I think it changes your notion of, of of free will and agency too right um yeah yeah I agree with that so like if, if really everything is like do you really get to choose your response right if we all feel disgust in the same way there's no real free will in that regard right like you can't choose to not feel disgust and sometimes I feel like disgust is, is supersedes uh, you know any kind of other normal response you might want to have. Well, could it be like, um, like other kinds of mutations, right? Where it would actually be in like humanity's benefit mm-hmm. to like everyone, every once in a while have, have someone who doesn't have that response. And then they're the ones that eat things and maybe they die, but you never know. Could be useful. Ah, uh. I haven't thought of it that way. Yeah. Like, you know, someone, I mean, this must be the case today, right? There must be people who, for whom maybe they, they don't have, um, the capacity capability to generate adrenaline at the right levels in those moments. Right. I mean, it's gotta be that case, right? I mean, there's gotta be moments where people just don't have those abilities to kind of generate those chemicals. Right. I assume so. I don't know the answer to it, but. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, you know, I you know I I, I respect this. You know, the, 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 this isn't the reading like other readings we've had, where it's been like an essay. I mean, well, it's a little bit. I mean, well, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of an essay about his thought process, and, and it's, he's telling a story, but he's giving us his own stream of consciousness. So in some of this actually fits quite nicely into, right. into the essay genre we've done before. I think we just haven't had many that have been so explicitly food related until last week. When we had the, the, you know, the last time when we had the, the ketchup episode. Um, <laughs> it's pressure. It's pressure? Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, um, so, so this week, uh, you know, we, we, had, we had chicken nuggets. Uh, we talked, we talked a little about a guy killing a, a boar. Um, what, what do you think is up for next week? Or next time? Oh, um, well, I, I got one more. Oh, please, uh, please do. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was uh, distracted by Billy Joel. Oh, okay, well, I was too. I wasn't sure if that was the, uh, I thought, I, th- I, thought, I thought maybe I was at the Oscars and, uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah, so. No, I just think that's like the modern equivalent of adrenaline for me. Is I just think of the Billy Joel song "Pressure" oh. and that plays, and then that's that's it. That's all I got. Oh, okay. Um, but in terms of um, how this disgust disgusted, yes, Michael Pollan here, mm-hmm. um, the killing of the animal. Yes, I have no reason to distrust him. Although just a couple of episodes ago, we talked about maybe we should distrust some of these people that we're reading. That's right, that's right, that's right. But but do you think, do you think, um, 
Do you think we necessarily would have the same response? I mean, I know that's kind of his thesis, and that's what you were just talking about. That's right. Um, how sure are you? I guess is the question. Ah, because there are some some there are some people who I I, I think that does not disgust. Well, I, right? I wait. Okay, well, the only thing I, my initial reaction to that is that I wonder whether there are people who have experienced it enough that it does not disgust them. Like, do you think there are people or, who like who just are naturally not disgusted by the disemboweling of an animal? No, I, I I agree with where you're going. It's a it's a nurture thing, maybe, right? Yeah. Right, like a, like let's say that we had not basically grown up thinking of meat as meat rather than as animal. Correct. Well said. Yeah. 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 Um, and I just think there there are like there are foods in other parts of the world that are eaten regularly where well, I know for sure I would have this kind of response right well like dog yeah uh, you know stuff with insects and yep stuff with insects or stuff that's been like um, left out for a long time like overly oh yeah raw like, uh, well this is um for instance, if if you were presented with an egg that had been buried underground for some period of time, exactly, um, uh, would that disgust you? Uh, well, I mean, and yes, it would it would disgust me uh, on two levels. One is that, as you know, I, I have bad experience with uncooked eggs, and uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> tough tough memories. Uh, Sandwich Wingman is about exploring a lot of different topics. That was a dark time. Though. Yes, yeah, dark, 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 and and, and gut wrenching. Um, yeah. The so everyone cook your eggs. Yes, yes. <laughs> or at least you're going to serve me. But yes, back to your question about a buried egg. Yeah, that 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 to me doesn't. Do you know of places where that is a? I, I kind of thought that's what you ate. Oh, you think I ate a buried egg? Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the the thing is you you bury it and uh, well, what color was it? It was green. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Oh, I never thought of that. I just thought that it was just an uncooked egg that shouldn't have been served to me. <laughs> that's that's probably all you needed to have thought. Yes, 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 there. yes. Well, you know, I was I was in a, I was in good spirits, so I just uh, you know gave the plate the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, yet again, like, maybe I should have gone right back to the animal and taken the egg myself. Yeah. But, but I mean, this is, well, let's say from an evolutionary standpoint. Yes. If evolution was a person making decisions, mm-hmm. evolution would say, Rob Hanna should not eat that egg. Without a doubt. Okay. And yet, disgust did not act as a bar between you and eating that egg. No, but I do recall, Ryan, that I think that when I saw the egg and seeing it being green, it was very, not a very appealing egg. Okay, so there was something there. There was something it's there. It's just that yeah. you, you powered through I it. I powered through it because I had... Oh, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. So maybe I, I did have some self-control, uh, you know, will, you know. Yeah. Um, but this was a sign that maybe we should listen to our... our are better yes. food angels. Or, 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 or as, as one would say, listen to their gut. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think you did plenty of listening to your dad afterwards. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that others were able to listen to me. Um, uh, I can't. I can't do the turn of phrase, but you know what I was going to say. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, if if you're if it were possible to hear your gut, it was it was drowned out by <laughs> other sounds. So, um, did you have more here? Uh, no, the only thing I wanted to get at because we were talking so much about disgust here was the um, um, the the Stephen Pinker quote. Like right, the I don't really, I don't think you read that fully to the end, right? But the, but the fact that Stephen Pinker said our sense of disgust um, is quote unquote intuitive microbiology, which I thought was fascinating, right? Okay. Yeah, it's right at the end of the disgust quote for Omnivore's Dilemma. Yeah. Well, I don't believe in intuition. Ah. So I'm drawing a line there. Oh, okay. But what about intuitive microbiology? Yeah, that's the thing. If, uh... Microbiology. Yeah, like about microbes and about, like, things that would make us sick, right? Well, then, isn't that just intuition? What, what makes it... What makes it microbiology? If it's just about microbes... Oh. Do I have to do I have to qualify intuition now? Like for this is like a intuitive computing because <laughs> I know I know which computer I like more. Or you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's it's a, it's a well it's a good point. So um, sure, it's, it's, I I I would I'm willing to go with it's just intuition. Uh, but yeah, that that was the only thing that jumped out at me about the disgust um, part. I thought that I thought that was I, I guess you and I both felt that that was the most compelling part of the um, uh, article. Um, and it's interesting because um, fortunately we haven't actually made that many disgusting things. We probably just naturally aren't drawn to them. So I almost whether we're, whether or not we should choose next week's ingredient to be a disgusting one. I think I think not. I think that's uh, I think we don't deserve that. Oh yeah yeah. Plus, I think I think if there's a if there's a main takeaway from this yes. this whole episode, it's that it's really from your egg experience, and that we ought not to power through those. Uh, you know, like I I looked at the chocolate thing, I was like, this is not right. I really shouldn't eat this. Right. Well, and I tried it and tried it anyway. Yep. That was the you know we should maybe not do that. No, you're right because I should never have just finished the sandwich just out of um, duty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still amazed that you. Did it, that. It, it was it was an incredible experience that I will not forget. <laughs> I mean, I ate a, I ate a chocolate sandwich. It was, it was exhilarating I, I, as many as many life or death situations are. It really was. I, I had an intense sense of focus and uh, uh, time slowed down a bit, <laughs> and uh, I tried to take it apart. Uh, my 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 uh, yeah, my taste buds were, were trying to figure out if there was anything salvageable. Um, mm. Yes. But yes, uh, yeah, So, so Michael. So yes, Michael Pollan. Um, uh, I was glad that we were able to cover another food writer this week. Um, yeah. The the modern hunter gatherer, and and right. and uh, the irony is that today we we had an ingredient that was already pretty much made for us, as many of them are. But yeah. This was in the the antithesis. Yes. I mean, it, it was the most chicky knob ish. Ex- exactly. Food. Exactly right. So, maybe may, may we go back to fresh. Um, All right, I got a suggestion for you. Then. Okay, you ready? Yes. How about a sweet potato? Love it. I love everything about it. You know how much I like potatoes. So sweet potato is on. 
Sweet potato. There's got to be a way to make sweet potato into a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Well, the world is our oyster. Probably my sandwich will not involve oysters, but... You never know. Don't, 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 don't close the door. But I'm going to go ahead and close the door. You know why? Because we both feel like it would be disgusting. Yeah, I think so. I mean, plus, uh, like, uh, am I wrong? Is the oyster thing just like uh, luck of the draw every once in a while? You just get a bad oyster and you're screwed? I've had food poisoning twice, and the first time, well, both times, I, you know, I, I was questioning whether or not, like, living beyond that was worth going through the experience, so. Wow. I don't want to do that again. I don't, I, it's not, whatever, whatever, uh, I'm, I'm happy to try new things here. Mm-hmm. Taking those kinds of chances. That's off the table for me. Well, good. Well, I am glad that you're you are in that risk averse mode because we we need you, man. <sighs> sweet potato, however, seems quite safe. I agree, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, sweet potato on the next episode.